Welcome to Eye to Eye, the podcast of the Royal College of Ophthalmologists. My name is Sunil Mamtora, and I will be your host. Today I'm speaking with Mr Nimish Shah, a consultant ophthalmologist and the regional lead for the Diabetic Retinopathy Screening Service. Nimish, thank you very much for joining me today to speak about your work. You know, just to start off with, I was wondering if you could tell the listeners a bit about what the impact of COVID-19 has been on the Diabetic Screening Service. Uh, thank you, Sunil, for having me uh, on this podcast. Uh, the Diabetic Retinopathy Screening Services, as we know, is a national screening program uh, which includes a community screening of all the diabetic uh, patients registered to the system. And uh, once uh, they get the photograph and are graded, then depending on the national guidelines, they are either recalled for screening and or referred to the hospitalized services uh, and the referral depend on an either urgent or routine referral, uh, depending on the national guidelines. So before the COVID, this was the routine uh, process, which was uh, uh, successfully carried out uh, in our uh, BSW diabetic screening program. However, as we know that uh, in March, we had the COVID-19 situation. So um, around 24th of March, there was a national lockdown and hence all the screening services uh, were stopped and all the patients appointment uh, which were due for the screening uh, were uh, postponed and uh, so that's where we are and uh, this has been going on for April and May and now the screening services are gradually resuming uh, have making plans to resume their services uh, uh, to start with the more urgent one and they have a various phased plan to come back to near normal uh, situation in next uh, uh, two to three months uh, and with the screening services we are also closely uh, in uh, communication with the hospitalized services with all the three sites at Swindon Bath and Salisbury to ensure that when we screen the patients and needs referral then the hospital has capacity to accept the referral so that's where we are at the moment that uh, it it was stopped but now it's gradually restarting and uh, uh, seeing, think, uh, trying to see if we can get things uh, uh, back in actions and provide the service to our uh, patients in community. Sure I mean it sounds like there's been a quite a significant impact then on the a screening service from COVID-19. You mentioned there that you know, in terms of recalling patients, the first ones that would be recalled would be the more urgent cases. Which are the most important, most urgent cases and you know, how have you prioritised those? Yes, uh, so in, um, uh, as in all screening programme, we have the software which is the optimised software uh, uh, we feed all the data into with patient demographics and their condition. So usually uh, the routine patients, they attend what we call as the RDS, which is the routine digital screening, uh, where the low risk patients or who doesn't have any diabetic retinopathy patients are included in that and all the new patients which are added to the screening. The second pathway is the DS pathway we call as a digital surveillance. So these are the patients who are screened more frequently than annually. The normal RDS pathway is an annual screening. So mostly these patients are seen in, in around six monthly, which are the patients which have a treated proliferative diabetic retinopathy, but that's stable and has been discharged to the uh, screening services for screening. Or there are patients whom we have local guidelines where they are uh, they have changes, but are not significant enough to be referred to the hospital. So we monitor them six monthly to see if they get any more changes which may require, then we refer them. 
So these are the patients who are in our DSQ, which is the digital surveillance queue. So these are, we will class them as slightly the patients which we have to look in more closely. So these are the patients who will get the screening appointment first. Plus, uh, the, this also, the routine also includes uh, uh, screening the pregnant patients. So we have the national uh, screening pathway for pregnant patients. So all diabetic patients who are pregnant, then they get a first screening within the first trimester within 12 weeks. And then depending on the features, they get an additional screening within the second trimester and then referral according to the guidelines. So these patients are uh, being uh, called for the screenings to start with. So these are the patients where we'll be first starting. Okay, I see. Um, and, you know, I'm assuming that when you're talking about resuming the services, this is in large, you know, a resuming of digital photography. Um, has there been any plans to resume, you know, slit lamp grading, or is this also part of the plan that you're going to resume as well? No, this is in the phase two planning, uh, where where the some RDS and the SLB clinics, the slit lamp by microscopy clinics, will be starting. The reason being, obviously, with a slit lamp examination, it's a more close contact uh, with the patients. So that's why when we'll start, we'll have the proper screen guards uh, for the slit lamps and the PP equipment uh, to do that. So the initial start of the digital surveillance is all photography. So we will have the staff to train to use all the PPE. The clinics will be started on a reduced number to have time in between for uh, patients to uh, drop the to put the drops in the patients and have a, a photograph taken and cleaning of the all the equipment in between the patients. But the slit lamp by microscopy uh, clinics are also we're looking to do to start uh, uh, after we have resume this one because there is also a review of the venues where we're going to have these sessions because uh, we used to mostly have uh, GP surgeries where these uh, uh, screening was done but because again for the COVID there is also reduction in the places where we can do that so uh, keeping all that uh, so there is a constant review of the of the available um, uh, venues where we can do the screening the amount of equipment the patient attendance and, um, and then that will start in the phase one and then the other SLB clinics and things to start at the phase two uh, in the program. Obviously, it's had a massive impact on the way you've been running the service. Are you aware of how the rest of the country's regional services have fared in comparison to yours? And have there been any major discrepancies in the way that uh, coronavirus has impacted on the way that the screening services run around the country? Uh, yeah, this uh, coronavirus has impacted the screening service uh, around the country in the same way. But now our BSW program is uh, being managed by the company called NPS Care, North, Northgate Private uh, Limited. They also have uh, other uh, areas where they uh, deliver the, the screening services. So our program manager uh, in our program is in close contact with the managers in the other program along with the NPS management to ensure uh, uh, a similar amount of um, services resume uh, plans uh, across them. Obviously, this also depends on their local staffing availability and the local protocols. So, uh, so there are some variations depending on the demographics and the uh, staffing and the logistic available. But by and large, uh, this is a national um, phasing uh, uh, documents of how the screening service should be depend. 
then the national uh, uh, guidance also said uh, based on that uh, the program manager the program service manager and the uh, commissioning the ccg commissioner and the public health england uh, they have a joint meeting uh, on a regular basis to see how things can be started safely uh, and uh, how to implement the, the the phasing of the treatment uh, the screening services so by and large this sort of phased up here uh, starting with this high risk services then starting with the slb and then starting with the newly diagnosed and then the routine screening is mostly followed everywhere there is also a, a change in routine variation is the patient who who does not have any diabetic retinopathy as noted in the uh, last grading which is known as known as the r0 m0 grade in both eyes those patient will be deferred uh, for time to to cover it up to to say that it's a low risk so that is what the national guidelines come so most program will be uh, following this uh, along with their uh, regional uh, facilities and logistic available imagining that we're one year in the future from where we are right now do you think services will be back to normal or do you think there might be any lessons learned from this pandemic and maybe some permanent changes that may may even improve uh, the way that we deliver diabetic retinopathy screening in the community? Yes, as uh, in this COVID time, uh, we all uh, in the health services have uh, uh, looked towards a new normal and we are all developing and working on the various uh, methods to, to, to improve and to adapt to the changing way how we deliver the services uh, obviously because of this situation it's unlikely that we'll we'll resume back to what we used to do and there is always uh, some other steps which we are all taking and it will only tell in time which one works better for home and how they adapt to it in relation to the screening services also there are some new normals which are in the in in the process uh, like uh, uh, we have we have designed a plan depending on the capacity and uh, management to see how we are going to cover the backlog uh, from the previous one and how we are going to uh, deliver the uh, include the newer inclusion depending on the uh, model of uh, data available. We have also uh, tried to uh, change the way how the grading is done. As I said, usually it was in the national guidelines that all diabetic patients need to have a annual review if they are non-referable in most cases, depending on uh, the guidelines. But the national group is now looking of deferring or increasing the follow-up for the R0, M0 to maybe increase to two yearly follow-up. Then there are also discussions uh, uh, of having uh, the graders tain, uh, trained into an OCT image analysis. So there is a there is a room for a community OCT to have the screening program can uh, do the OCT of M1 patients and then the graders are trained in that to make sure that if uh, the patients are stable, then they may not need to be done at the hospital and then can be done in the community. So, but obviously this will need a bit of uh, training and teaching and uh, the logistics for that. But uh, we are all looking into it. And also it will also depend on how uh, this uh, pandemic uh, goes in next couple of months. Do we have a second wave? Do we have a repeat lockdown? And uh, also we need to see how is our patient's attendance because as in, in this patient, the, all patients are diabetic, mostly are elderly. And we know with the COVID, there is always a, they, these patients come in a high risk group. 
uh, and they have other comorbidities as well so all of us also uh, need to see when we start the clinics what is our take up rate and, and and that will all depend on how we can provide the best possible and then we'll probably engage with the patient to find out which suits where there is a possibility of having the evening clinics or Saturday clinics where patient will have more chances to attendance and reduce the DNA. So these are the few things which we will review uh, during our process uh, to constantly uh, improve the numbers and uh, learns, learn from those uh, experience and keep on improving and adding new things in our services. Mm, that sounds really interesting. And obviously there's lots of challenges there in, in order to make sure that patients are kept safe so that we can maintain social distancing guidelines and also to kind of encourage people to come when they actually need to attend uh, healthcare services. So your other role, uh, besides running the diabetic retinopathy screening service in your region, is also a consultant ophthalmologist with a special interest in medical retina and uh, diabetic retinopathy. I was just wondering if we would maybe discuss you know, your experiences of how the hospital eye service has adapted to caring for patients with you know, sight-threatening diabetic retinopathy. Yes, so hospital eye services, uh, even when we started the lockdown, uh, we were running the emergency eye casualty service plus emergency referrals were still seen. So even throughout the lockdown, uh, any patients uh, who were uh, uh, an urgent uh, diabetic patients who were under follow-up uh, uh, or had treatment for proliferative retinopathy, or, or, or and had laser treatment they were offered the appointment to attend and uh, our coordinator were constantly calling them to make sure that they attend telling them the importance of the attendance so we had good attendance and also we had uh, the some of the urgent patients refer from the screening so those patients were offered the appointment and treatment within the time scale uh, at the hospital so we were continuing on those one plus uh, we uh, have we were triaging all our patients who were booked for the diabetic retinopathy clinic to f- to uh, filter out the patients who are supposed supposedly high risk and may need doing so those patients were uh, contacted and offered appointment to have to be seen at the hospital obviously the routine patients uh, and the patients on intravitreal injections were deferred as per the royal college of ophthalmology's guidelines for about 3 months and now we are coming at the end in July, June. So we are restarting now those services for routine patients and injections, uh, uh, diabetic megalopathy patients. And uh, in the meantime, we also had a communication with the diabetic retinopathy hospital leads for Bath and Salisbury. And uh, uh, we uh, agreed with them that they were also accepting the routine, uh, the urgent uh, diabetic retinopathy patient and offer treatment. And now they all have confirmed that they are resuming their services for routine patients from July and August. So it is tied on with the restarting of the screening services to ensure that when we screen these patients and the patients who need a referral, the hospital has the capacity to see them. Also in the hospital, we have started more on a virtual M1 clinic where the diabetic patients whom we see the fundus images on optimize at the hospital and who only have maculopathy changes but the vision is good and no other uh, peripheral retinopathy they come for our fundus photo and uh, oct clinic Uh, so the patient come for that clinic and then go home and then we review these images and the octs uh, and the vision which was tested on that visit uh, uh, virtually in our virtual clinic 
and then depending on uh, the our decision there are three outcomes from that we either uh, arrange further appointment for a virtual follow up in 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 few months as needed or if the finding suggests that this patient needs a face to face clinic then they are booked within 2 to 3 weeks in the clinic time or if everything is stable and can be discharged back to the screening team then we can discharge so these are the few changes we have uh, done in our hospital to cope with the capacity uh, which is there for the diabetic patients sure it sounds like a, a lot of planning has then gone into you know the provision of the service in terms of planning how to resume the service after deferring so many patients uh, from their injections just one final question i was wondering you know what did you think would be the biggest challenge going forward perhaps in the next 4 to 6 months so first of all the biggest uh, challenge uh, for the screening company was to retain the staff uh for last these three four months because they had all the grading staff but there was no grading done so uh, they have to keep the staff to keep them engaged so we have given them a few audits to do and find and and any pending data collection filtering out to to see that we are ready for our services when we restart we have some graders who were doing diploma and their degrees uh, uh, alongside their grading so we have assigned them these uh, tasks so they have used these tasks to complete their uh, qualification so they are ready uh, to be trained as a grader or, or, and and then the senior graders can help them so then we have uh, the adequate capacity <coughs> uh, to do that so each grader can be done as a screener as well or grader as well so we can always use their skills whenever there is a need for more screening or more grading the second task will be to see what is the pick up rate for patients to attend the sessions how to engage them to 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 provide them the the assurance of safety to come to this clinics to have this done uh, to train our staff uh, to use the ppp equipment to make sure that we provide the service in a safe uh, environment as uh, required by us by the government and the public health england and then to see uh, with all these changes of new normal within the screening team services and with the hospitalized services uh, how are we able to manage the workload the backlog and uh, is everything going as per plan if that is the case then most program has made a a, a contingency plan that they should be able to clear the backlog in next 3 uh, uh, to 4 months uh, uh, with with all the changes they are making but this will also to tie up with uh, we just need to see how this virus uh, virus uh, swings uh, with time and uh, nobody knows where are we heading so uh, we just have to wait and see of course well hopefully we don't get a second wave Well Nimish thank you so much for joining me today it's been a really interesting insight and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Uh thank you Sunil and it was uh, really uh, great talking to you. Thank you. As always we'd love to hear from you. If you want to get involved, talk about your work or have any feedback, send us a message at communications@rcops.ac.uk.